College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about some college football. And if you needed another example, which you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have, but if you needed another example of why this is a factual statement that the best regular season team sport, regular season team sport, is college football. It's not an argument. No, no, don't try to make an argument because it's just nonsense. College football, you know, there's a lot of politics late in the season. We know all that stuff, but man, week one was, you know, in many ways ridiculous, right? But week two, I mean, we knew with, you know, three matchups of ranked versus ranked teams that ranked teams were going to go down. There was three other ranked teams. And it's really how they went down. Wisconsin at home, double-digit favorite. A&M, oh, did it go up to 20? Something like that. I knew it was right around 19 and a half. I mean, it just there's just so many. Texas is almost back with almost with an almost win over Bama. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what the hell happened in the end zone in that game. I mean, there is so many items to get to. We're going to get to it in just a second. If this is your first time listening to the College Ball Show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this here Call Us Ball show under the Ropadope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other places. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrowingshoot.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices for a limited time start at $49.99 for two months. If you upgrade to the Choice or Ultimate Package, that gives you three months of HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. It's the best of live TV and on-demand, no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Plus, you get to enjoy the regional sports networks. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall. Man, the, you know, the Pac-12 after dark, and I realize, you know, for now anyway, BYU, I think that would be a good candidate for the Pac-12 if it's going to be around anyway, but BYU, Baylor, and then also Oregon State, Fresno. The Pac-12 stuff after dark from a couple of years ago, it's coming back, just West Coast after dark, whatever you want to say. Those two games going on at the same time. We're just nuts, but I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, and see how you're doing, man. What a what a crazy, crazy week of college football, man. It was a incredible week of college football, one of the best I've seen in a, a long time. I mean, uh, I know nowadays, hindsight, it's easy to react to what you just witnessed, but of all the shows, for the last handful of years we've done this show, I would say this would be a, a top five week in the past three to four years, just because uh, upsets do happen, Chris, but for um, a lot of top end teams to um, lose to unranked teams, like, you know, that just makes up like kind of the points for it determines the upsets. Like the, the it, it was a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. And it was funny because, and I, I, I can take a little shot at you and poke you in the ribs here. But I, I really didn't expect it much. But when we started previewing last week, the first game I talked about was Bama and Texas. And your exact quote was, well, do you want to get to a real game? Like, the, it's not a 20-point spread? Because much much like you, 
I, you know, I, I brought that up just because it was a premier game and obviously God bless having Gus Johnson call a game, not so much for Joel Klatt, but um, we did not expect it to be a down to the fricking stretch game. And, you know, and then obviously, you know, all, all summer long, Jimbo and Saban, Jimbo had a, a loss. Like, I mean, it, it, it literally, Chris, from, the, from I guess you could say, you, you mentioned how the end of the night was perfect for great college football drama. I guess we should have known it because the way the fr- uh, Saturday morning started with drama, it was almost an electric day all the way through, um, unless you watched the uh, track star paced high flying Iowa Iowa State. We, we got we got spoiled, brother, for a great weekend. If that's the best weekend of the year for college football, I, I could stamp that with approval. But you're right, that was a lot of fun, uh, a great weekend. And if you did watch Iowa Iowa State for all three hours, um, I tip my cap to you because if you're an Iowa Hawkeye fan, your team has now scored 14 points in two weeks and one touchdown. And man, oh man, Chris, uh, neither of us support that squad, and thank God we don't, brother. Jeez. That punter though's gotta be. They got ice tub every freaking week, dude. Ice tub four times a week. Um, and I was looking at that three and a half. The whole it just sat there the whole week, dude. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh, take it over. If it goes up to four, I'll take. I never, I never moved on it. I should have moved on some other stuff that I hadn't. But yeah, man, um, I did kind of. Oh, not kind of. I believed in the in the twenty point spread. I, I definitely will admit it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly Bama's not going to have a, a a first round wide receiver this year. Um, no, there's no waddle or anyone coming out anytime soon. And there's not two or three of them, which is what we basically had every year for a while now. Sure. And, and, and the offensive line. You know, I don't want to take credit away from Texas on, on all this stuff, um, but the offensive line didn't look Bama offensive line either. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was a shocker. And I remember both of us talking about, well, Texas, why are we talk about Texas is back, blah blah blah. Well, you know, they're not all the way back because they would have won that game, but they looked pretty good at considering, you know, they were on their second quarterback. Um, their defense played damn good. I mean, anytime, and like I said, we know that they don't have the wide receivers they normally did, but we were just talking about this off air. You know, we had four possessions in a row of three and out, and the fifth possession for Alabama was a four and out. <laughs> that didn't even go three minutes. So it was really crazy to see them struggling like that, you know, especially when they came out and put up, you know, two nice drives. The first one, they only got a field goal, but they went 11 plays, like six minutes. Uh, and they were, you know, they had 10 points on the board pretty early, first two drives. And then the adjustments the, the, just shut them down. And, you know, Bama gave up some big plays or whatever. And, and you know, clearly Bryce Young, we could see why he is a damn good quarterback in many ways in that second half, that little duck under play. He made some plays where he was just like, wow, okay. Well, that's how they're going to win the game. And then, obviously, that super long field goal we saw, you know, field goals, how field goals play out time and time again in uh, in college football. That was a long-ass field goal. So, credit to Texas. I think they set a record over 105,000 people in the stadium. Um, 
I, I got to give Texas credit, man. We were poking fun, like you said. <laughs> I said, let's get to a right versus – let's get to a close game, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah, I, I, as, you know, as much as, like, man, Bama's going to play better, they're going to get better, but I don't think they're going to be just a juggernaut on offense to be able to pass and run like they have been in the last eight years or whatever. But also credit to Texas, man, because those boys were ready to play. They were, and you know the one thing though they just I was watching the game with my dad who came to visit me for the weekend, and the one thing we kind of kept talking about throughout throughout the whole game, Chris was is that you really felt like Texas had a chance to kind of just open up just a little bit, like you know Bama's offense wasn't moving that that well, you know, but then the one downfall I guess you could say for Texas really was was that quarterback getting hurt. So their their first quarterback uh, Ewers gets hurt on on what well, well, it was a football hit uh, they called a flag but that's not his football but anyway, it was a, it was a clean hard sack and then Card comes in their backup for Texas and then he he gets a busted foot so he's gimping around like a, a crazy man but I will say for that first quarter when Ewers was healthy dude they were making Bama's secondary look a little sketchy. And, and that's a sentence you almost never say. Like, I, I will be willing to go on record, and I know this doesn't mean shit, but I think if Ewers stays in the game, like, Bama's probably prob, probably has a one next to their uh, loss call. Like, they, they were making – it was just I, it was just surprising, Chris, to see some well, holes in Bama. One next to their loss call is the W. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, but the, you know I'll, I'll stop this now. But my last point being that, you know, the oh, thing yes, that's saved, a fair point. The, that is a fair point, the, I think. The, the thing Saban said all summer was, oh, we're in a rebuilding year. So that when a coach says something like that, it makes you think that this team is better than last year. Well, I I felt that the talent on the field we saw, I guess it was not quite a maybe a high-star high Bama team. But on the, to make my other point, I think this is also why Saban sometimes chooses not to play these games. Like people like want to rip coaches for not testing yourself. And, you know, I, I heard a lot of people bitch on ESPN this week from an analyst standpoint about God, these neutral site games, whatever. Well, you literally saw the best team in the past decade of our country for college football, go on the road and take some punches. Like you got to give Texas's fans credit, the team credit. Like there's a reason why, you normally don't schedule these games if you're a high-profile team because they are a dogfight and a gruesome battle. So Bama won, but Bama probably ain't going to be scheduling games like that anymore because when you have the resume like they do, why would you want to go play a game like we just saw? Now, from a fan standpoint, I get it. Tremendous football game, Chris. But if you're Bama, like, dude, we literally almost just blew what could have been undefeated season. And I think that kind of is a point to show as to why some of these elite teams don't go to a true road game because dude winning on the road no matter if you're Bama or Ohio State or whoever it's hard to do and Texas really gave them a, a strong strong test with a busted backup quarterback on a hop, hobbled foot with the bullshit call in the end zone I mean they had about three calls they made none of them were right and uh <laughs> well I mean the 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 target like I guess they didn't call targeting but they were reviewing targeting and we don't know but no I was told it was targeting but I I said to the audience it was wrong I don't know what the hell I still don't know what's going on there <laughs> but but uh they were right he didn't go down so that part's not a safety well who the fuck was he throwing it to 
that part was a safety. Look at the scoreboard. Actually, what happened after that? Did they score anything after that? Huh? When they got the punt oh, off? Yeah, they got they got the that. punt off. Yeah, I'm I'm not not hundred percent. I can't sure. remember if they scored on that drive, but it's like, dude, that's the two point. It should be a two. Who the hell was he passing to? He wasn't. It's a it, that's grounding. When you get intentional grounding, as we know, when you're in the end zone, what that's two points. Um, let's parlay this. That was an almost upset, right? Let's parlay this to A&M going down the App State, and I was a chicken on this one. I talked about it. I put it in a prediction blog and all that. Hey, you know what could happen? Honorable mention, uh, 19 and a half points. I think it opened at like 20-something, 21 and a half or 20, 20 and a half. But that 19, 19 and a half pretty much all week just staring at it. Can App State? Yeah, they can, but I just never went for the points. I made a mistake. But a and I mean, there's just too much talent, too much uh, university support, too big of a stadium, too many oil guys <laughs> that, you know, the booster. It's Booster City, and it always has been for a long time. You cannot have an offense like this. I mean, it's ridiculous. When you look at it, okay, you say, okay, well, the quarterback, he was 13-20 uh, to 20 for 97 yards. You know, that would be okay if you had 225 rushing yards, right? Because you're like, oh, we didn't put it up. We didn't want to show anything for the big matchup we got coming next week. But that wasn't the case. You know, they did, they were they only ran the ball 18 times for 89. 4.9 uh, eclipse, good. But you just can't. It's crazy, dude. And, and the reason why I wanted to parlay it, because it was one of the big upsets, Appalachian State had the ball for 41 freaking minutes, dude. I mean, that's ridiculous there. They rushed for a buck 81. They actually ended up throwing more, too. Um, Jimbo has to change his offense. I know it's like the last few years we, we've seen that. Uh, it used to be all offense, no defense. Now the defense is there, but the offense, you know, it's he's got to change. In, in that whole Bama scenario, chunk of years ago, several years ago, Bama changed their system. The old man Saban, who had already, you know, won multiple uh, championships, three and four years, said, you know what? I've come to a time I got to change. Just on, like on defense, my linebacker's too big. A pass run guy makes him look foolish. We lose the game because of that. We got to change. Something's got to change for Jimbo, dude. I mean, and I know a lot of people are jumping on this Miami money. I don't know. I don't know if Miami's real or not, to be honest with you. I know they can score points. Um, but something's got to give because this is lose a shootout then or something. I mean, the, you just can't run this style of uh, offense when it's just not working, dude. It, it's archaic and it doesn't fit for college football. And that seems to be it's two years in a row now, almost three, where you're like, dude, something's got to give. And it's it. Wait, you, you can't change it in, during the season per se. You know, you can add some wrinkles, which I assume they will. But what the hell is going on with the A&M? And huge win for Appalachian State. And credit to them for coming off something. Up, but, you know, they almost won a game. Lost it in heartbreak fashion. But then, boom, you know, come back and, and pull this off on the road. You really summed up pretty much all the main points. And if you look at the scoreboard, you would assume, oh, okay, Jimbo's offense scored two touchdowns. Wrong. They ran back a kickoff. 
Yeah, good call. <laughs> so they scored one touchdown against an App State team who their first game of the year lost 63-61 to to North Carolina, who's unranked this year. So if, you, if you're playing a defense that got dropped 61 on them and you score seven points, if that's not a bulletin board wake up, what the hell do we have to do moment, then, I, Chris, I don't know what is. Um, credit to App State. Um, I guess I heard today on my, my Vegas show that apparently during the week, um, at the A&M players were doing press conferences and making fun of like, we don't even know where App State is. Like these guys play football, you know, it's typical shit talking. But when you do do that, that is bulletin board material. And nowadays with social media, if you, if you're going to go on record and say, dude, uh, what, is this school, where are they, are they made up? Like you probably don't need to give a school extra motivation. And to give App State credit, they've been pretty much a school that every year goes to a bowl game. They normally win eight, nine, ten games a year. They upset Michigan a decade ago. Like, it's not a fraud school. So, um, hey, that, that's a hell of a win. Your defense played amazing. I, I mean, after, again, after they got punched in the mouth and gave up 63 of the Tar Heels, you walk into College Station, which no matter who's ever coaching, that's always been one of the toughest environments yeah. in the whole country to play in. man, right? The real yeah. man. Um, I mean, tip the cap. That that's a great win. Uh, that's a punch in the gut to A and M. Um, I mean, their season's not over. You still got your SEC regular season, but um, that is a loss for some. I heard some ESP people saying that that's a loss to maybe keep you out of the playoff. You know, I I don't know. I mean, obviously things can change if they were on the table. Who knows? But that was a tough loss to take, especially when you're at home versus an unranked team. Uh, and yeah, if Texas A and M wants to keep doing their pro style offense. This might not be the last time, Chris, we're talking uh, about them this year in losing a low-scoring game. If he wants to do a pro-style offense, he should go to the pros. Then. You know what I mean? Why not? They're even changing the college offenses, as we've seen, uh, or at least mixing and blending it. But watch, we're going to see some freaking wrinkles in the Miami game. Trust me on that. Put up 34 and get pissed off. Anyway, um, oh, don't you worry. We're getting to Notre Dame. We are getting to Notre Dame because that's another team at home that lost to Marshall, 26-21. Um, and, but let's start with some other stuff. Baylor, BYU, this uh, this got us both for different reasons. Um, the college football kicker, you just can't trust. You can't trust. Don't try to trust. It's not going to happen. Um, and if they got a great kicker, they probably just got a shit team or something. You know what I mean? Like they can't move the ball and they, they suck in the red zone and they just got this kicker and that's all they got. They're not going to put up many points. They'll put up 18 points a game. And, uh, but I mean, that was just wild. And at the same time, you had that, you know, that Fresno State, Oregon State going, you know, if you had two screens, it was going at the same time. Crazy innings on both. But Baylor, BYU couldn't kick a field goal. Obviously, Baylor had some issues there too. They missed an extra point as well. But Baylor just couldn't get out of their way. Just penalty after penalty after penalty in the fourth quarter. Every time they start moving the ball, they can just run the ball the whole time almost. But, every you know, they just couldn't get out of their way. So we're going to mix the Baylor, BYU, and Kentucky, Florida, because Florida gets a solid win at home. They're back at home, and Kentucky beats them. 26-16, to had a great long drive, kicked a field goal to kind of ice it. 
both those games, you know, really came down to the wire, more so in the BYU game. And I and I hate to bring this up, you know, because we both lost money on this one, but uh, walk us through your emotions uh, with this game in general and what, what was going on. Well, and then the kicker is all my buddies uh, went big on Florida. So th- this is a, a double parlay of, <laughs> of losing effects. I didn't join Florida. Um, for BYU Baylor, um, I was watching the first half, and I saw a lot of punts. Um, so I did bet the uh, BYU team total, which you can do like for a live bet under 23 and a half points. I was like, you know what? If three points in the first quarter, I know Baylor's got a good defense, good defensive coach and Miranda. I will take BYU to score under 23 and a half points in the game. And I fell asleep when they had 20 and I woke up uh, around 2 a.m. Just checked the phone. And I, then I see that BYU wins in double OT and scores 26 points, which I'm like, so yeah, ah, it, it was painful because then you see the highlights of BYU, a kicker had a 35 year, 35 year old, 35 yard kick dead center of the field, shanked it. So that was first time to lose a bet. Second time in overtime, about a 33, 34-yard field goal to make it. Shanked it. And then, of course, they scored a touchdown OT. And um, I believe so, the under, I saw a lot of under complaints, too. Like, just make the field goal and it's over. Like, not just under BYU, but under in general, I think. Got it. But even, even to parlay back to our college football, the first game of the day, Texas tripping up at half. Their kicker missed a 20-yard field goal to go up on half at Bama. 20 yards. Oh, College man. kickers are not are not They're trustworthy. I, in the NFL, like in overtime games, you see those guys miss like 50 yarders. Like, okay, 50 yarders in the NFL is one thing. But these college kids, even if you're 20 to 25 or sometimes, well, you know, the, the angle is too sharp. So even though it's a 25-yard kick, well, <laughs> they're on the hash mark. Yeah, you gotta cross it over. So get a false start or something and back it up if the angle's so tough. The, the one thing I'll say about the game, aside from us getting screwed over on our bets, is Baylor, you know, last year their offense, I think, was just a little more solid. Um, it seems like the offense is obviously no shock here. It's struggling a little bit. Um, but to give credit to BYU, which I rarely ever say, um, that is, uh, they're, they're a solid team. They, they, whenever, they always play a very hard schedule to give them credit every year. They, they, they challenge themselves. They, they put in the time and effort. They're always going to try to cause a couple upsets because they normally play about six or seven or eight teams a year. And if you're Baylor, yeah. you know, they normally, Baylor normally does start off the year with kind of cupcakes and you challenge yourself. It was a good game. Um, you had a couple of missing kicks, uh, missing kicking mistakes themselves, but, um, hey, credit to BYU. Uh, I guess, wow, they stormed the field too, but well, hey, whatever, college is college. Um, and for Kentucky, Florida, the main analysis I heard, um, was the fact that Kentucky simply dropped back in a zone. And Chris, yeah. this is something they probably had the advantage of because they watched Utah. So if Utah played them again, maybe different story, but Utah saw, holy shit, if we do not drop back in the zone, number 15 is going to torch us. What does Kentucky do? They've always been a defensive-minded school. And they said, hey, quarterback, let, let you do your part. We know you're super athletic. You, you proved that to the whole country after week one. And the um, – let me get his exact name. Uh, Anthony Richardson, okay, his his Heisman odds went from like 100 to 1 down to like 20 to 1. So it's like, okay, this kid is special or something crazy like that. Well, that one but, dude tweeted that Cam, Cam, Cam Newton and uh, Trey Young, you know, like, oh, my, oh. shades of this. It's like, just stop, dude. 
But you know, but so then but you're playing a you're playing a team that again they view you as Kentucky's always kind of viewed as the the non non football school, you know, or whatever. There's the the, the poor little stepbrother. Well, they've they've beat Florida a handful of times now, and Richardson's stat line: fourteen throws, thirty five. Uh, sorry, out of thirty five throws, he only had fourteen completions with two picks, and he had a QBR of three point eight, and he ran the ball four yards. So it's like, gee, are, are we even talking about the same quarterback, Chris? Yeah. A dude that literally embarrassed Utah, which is a stout program, and you ran the ball for four yards and threw, and your your quarterback rating was lower than the yards you ran? That That is an advantage to where, hey, Kentucky did their damn film work, you know, and, and they did it precisely well. And not that Levy's for Kentucky was great, 13 of 24 for 202, but Kentucky got the job done. He had a nice 10 point win. And honestly, in, in the second half, Florida really didn't do much. Well, I say yeah, they, they didn't did. do much. They didn't, yeah. they didn't score. Right. So, up, what, 16 13 or something like that? Uh, a, a tip of the cap to scouting and getting the work done. And hey, if you're Kentucky, dude, if I'm Florida, man, I'm, I'm starting to get tired of playing those guys, whether it be basketball or football, because they've kind of had their number the last handful of years now. Um, they, they, I think Florida beat them, Chris, for like 30 years in a row. In the past five or six years, it's no longer the, the walk in the park. It's, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll bite you when you walk in the park kind of mindset. So, hey, good for Kentucky. That's a nice win. And if you bought a Heisman ticket on Richardson after week one, you, well, you're going to need a couple of Utah games because last week doesn't get you a Heisman whatsoever. And one week doesn't either. That shouldn't even been brought up. True. Hey, good young player. You know, he's got a lot of potential. Look at that, man. Let's see what they do next week. Uh, that type of thing. Um so Marshall defeats Notre Dame 26-21 at home. They haven't lost a home – what is it, a, is it a home opener? Yeah, they haven't lost a home opener since 2005 Charlie Weiss years. Uh, so hey, we know how that went. Um, but no, I'm not trying to jinx this coach just yet. Uh, because, you know, it's funny. They're coming off a week where you go, man, there might be something here, and then – Whatever it is, hungover, this, that, I don't know what it was, but Marshall got the job done, upset Notre Dame. And then also, at home, I think it was like a 16 or 17, it was at least 12 or 13 point spread. Uh, Wisconsin goes down against Washington State, once again, at home. I mean, Iowa, Iowa State, we know that's a close game on paper, you know what I mean? But, wow. Wisconsin, you know, they, they ran the ball pretty damn well. Uh, and it's not like uh, Washington State did. 22 carries, 53 yards. Um, this one kind of, you know, it was a rough day for the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten West, but the Big Ten in general um, had a rough day. And you'd say, well, turnovers. Well, yeah, I mean, they both turned the ball over three times. Uh, Wisconsin held the ball for 38 freaking minutes. Uh, the 11 penalties, you know, hurt obviously, but I did not see both of those things happening whatsoever at Penn. Wisconsin and Notre Dame losing at home. We, we've ripped Jimbo's offense. Uh, I, I, we've ripped some offenses this show so far. I, I think, well, as, excuse me, we meant to say Iowa too, because that, 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 that's wide open for ripping. But, Another offense to rip, Chris, besides Graham Mertz's first college start where he made Illinois look like a D3 school. 
Was it five the, touchdowns or something like that? Five touchdowns, kind of like crazy, two yeah. incompletions. But then the dude went down to Madison Street because, as my co-host knows, maybe a little too well. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a maybe very fun well. city. I, I, I've experienced that well. Actually, I, 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 yeah, I, I got – anyways, yeah, I, I had fun there too. I only went there for one game. But, yeah, it's a fun campus. It's a great party town. But after his first ever elite game, he's not been a good quarterback. The, the, there was people making fun of Iowa last year and Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin, much like Iowa, has always had a good running back, normally elite running back, with a very solid defense and with a shit quarterback. And I'm not saying this whole loss is on Mertz. His stat line is okay. But if you look at the box score, uh, Wisconsin only scored in the second quarter. They scored 14 points. So you, you played a Washington Cougar team who, for the record, Chris, has never been known for a stout defense. They, they, they used to be run and gun with Leach. Right, yeah. they, they, then they had the very unfortunate moment a handful of years ago where the quarterback died of suicide. I mean, they, they've been a program that's kind of been up in flux over time. They've been trying to find like a solid head coach and kind of get back on track, but they've not been a, a team that wins the game 17 to 14. That's not really the Washington state way. And you go into camp Randall and win that game. Like that, that that's a tough one, man. Um, it just, I, I really think that they need to reevaluate the quarterback system, but when they did reevaluate last year and Mertz was benched, his backup was even worse. So, man, some of these Big Ten schools, they, it, it's almost like um, like we said earlier with Jimbo, these coaches, Chris, are too stubborn to switch up their style. I mean, Iowa maybe realistically probably could have been to a Final Four in the last handful of years with the defense that they've had, but their quarterbacks have never been good in the last 10, 15 years to take you there. Same thing with Wisconsin, really, Chris. You've had Russell Wilson for one year, and I'm not saying that they're quite to the Bama level, but they're a team whose defense is only top 10 ranked with a running back that goes pro. Your quarterback just never gets the job done. It's like these guys are afraid to bring in like a 5 to a quarterback. So you play games like this, and it's like, dude, the defense is lights out. You hold Washington State 17 points, and boom, you lose. And Wisconsin, it was a typical 44 carries, 174 yards. That's almost a guaranteed win. So tip yeah. the cap to the Pac-12, but – it just, yeah, man, these coaches are stubborn. That's all I'll say before but, I repeat myself. You know, as far as, like, to just say you're going to bring in a five-star or something, what? that's not realistic either. A, a more you athletic-styled quarterback maybe not is even better. that, just something, because they usually have a guy that can run, actually, you know? You know, because they're not passing. <laughs> but, well. you know, but it's <laughs> like, it's like, remember, these guys know what Wisconsin's known for. Every True. year they got a bat. Every year, how many yards does that back get? You know what I mean? Wide receivers know, hey, I'm not going to get the ball. That's going to ruin my draft position. You know True. I mean? You're so right. You're right. It has to be a philosophy switch. It can't be like, hey, because, you know, not too long ago, Wisconsin made it to the – didn't they make it to one of the playoffs? Pretty I don't sure think they, they, they – they've always, they've always made, like, bowl games, high-end bowl – I don't think they ever made the final – I don't believe so. Well, they were just – weren't they just 12-0? One of these last five years. Anyway, Iowa is has been right there on the cusp of it. So I think that's what does it. You know, it's like they don't have back to back fall off years or something. You know what I mean? So if you're, you know, five and seven and seven and five, well, you're going to get fired there. Well, they don't do that. True. You know. So I think that plays into it too. Uh, and once again, you're not at the recruiting level of a Jimbo Fisher either. You know what I mean? So it's like. I can understand why they've kept the system to an extent, 
but but the tweaks is where it has to be. And for whatever reason, it's got to be it's got to be different. I mean, it just, yeah, like it's it's crazy. But I didn't see the Notre Dame thing. Check out this Marshall. Marshall uh, Marshall's fourth all-time win against an AP-ranked opponent was Notre Dame. In 2020, they beat number 23 App State, funny enough. 2003, Kansas State number six. And Miami, Ohio was ranked 20th way back in 1976. So that's the only fourth time in, in school history that Marshall beat Notre Dame. And you know when you're zero two, it's like dude, you got to you got to really put it together now because uh, you're behind the eight ball. And part of it is going on the road and playing Ohio State. You weren't supposed to win that game. You actually kind of, in a sense, overachieved for about three and a half quarters or about three quarters. You kind of overachieved from what people thought and what the spread was. But Notre Dame's got to put some dubs together for this young new coach here. Yeah, it, he's in a tough spot. Um, I've, you know, it's not like Brian Kelly left because they were, you know, setting the place on fire. He was an embarrassment for the program. He just wanted to take a, a, a job that is on par, uh, a little more of maybe a, a football-based type school. And he went to LSU. And, you know, they, they named the successor in Freeman. And you can say, I mean, he's off to a rough start. I wouldn't, I wouldn't quit on the guy yet because he lost to Ohio State, which is nothing to be ashamed of. And you probably had a little bit of a lull hangover, and then Marshall came in. And, again, much like I gave credit to App State, Marshall, for the past handful of years, they pretty much always go to a bowl game. They normally always win seven, eight games a year. And their offense is normally pretty fun to watch. Um, the defense won the game this past Saturday, but if you're Notre Dame, um, I'm sure people are losing their damn minds. But uh, it, it, it goes to show, Chris, and we'll see this team all year, of in college football, and one reason we like it more than it's different from the NFL, in the NFL, and it even happens there too, is a a win, a big win or a big loss can really have a hangover effect. No, because the, these are these are college kids who, if if you won the last week on campus, you're partying like crazy, all the girls coming after you, and everyone on campus is giving you props and patting you on the back. If you lose, you're probably not quite as Jack for practice, people are probably giving you a little bit of shit. You know, the social media is attacking it. it. It's such a difference. And it's harder for athletes to compose themselves for better or worse compared to the NFL, where it is more of a clockwork routine job. And that is something that you'll see it happen throughout the whole year of our podcast, where a team wins a huge game or beats their rival. And then right. next week, they either lose the game to a, an underdog or come out flat in the first half. Yeah, they have put to up a stinker, re- right? Yeah, then they have to regather, re- regather the troops at halftime. Um, that's just college football. Again, it's why we love it and why you have to get up for every game. Because it probably was an emotional kick to lose to Ohio State at the start of the year. You know, you start off over. And, and what they played, actually, a pretty competitive game, better than most people thought. And then you probably were sleepwalking a little bit for Marshall. And then all the, that pick six there in the second half kind of wrapped that one up. So, Again, yep. credit to Marshall. Um, yeah, that, that's one reason we truly love college football is the highs and the lows and how can different teams handle and negotiate those throughout the season. That's also 42 games uh, streak uh, struck down uh, for unranked AP poll for Notre Dame. Uh, they had had a nice little run there, obviously. Speaking of Iowa, real quick. Out of 131 teams, Iowa ranks dead last nationally in scoring and total offense. In fact, this is oh. Scott Dutcherman. He says, in fact, the Hawkeyes' yards per game average 
is 72.7 yards lower than 130. <laughs> and he said, oh. without a possible QB change and a, a healthy wide receiver, I forgot his name, but um, come back, it's it's not going to change at all. It's just going to keep you're just going to keep going over and over and over again like that. Um, across the top 25, as we kind of wrap up the rest of uh, a crazy, crazy Saturday, uh, my co-host, one of his squads, his main squad, USC. Uh, got the monkey off the bat, uh, so to speak, 41-28, to 28, took care of business. It was like a 9-10 point spread, and uh, they definitely handled business. Um, Arkansas, South Carolina, you know, they got off to a good start. Arkansas, South Carolina got back in the game. Arkansas put it away. Tennessee got some revenge from last year losing at home to Pitt. They ended up winning in overtime, 34-27. to 27. Yes, I had that plus six uh, Pittsburgh, and yes, I'm kicking myself for not taking the plus 7.5 when it was available, but I didn't do it. I hurt and jerked. Texas uh, Tech and Houston was a really fun game. Houston, a lot of people pushed with that. Not a lot of people, but people pushed with that. I think it was a plus three, actually, yeah. Um, uh, So a lot of different fun games, uh, but that kind of wraps up uh, the top 25 stuff. Anything from those games uh, before we kind of start to dig into some of these other games real quick uh, that happened and then get into uh, week three, which on paper looks like a light week, but we know how it works in college football sometimes. Uh, One of my good uh, girlfriends, she's a Vols fan, and I was happy for her to get that win. She had a rough weekend, so I was happy for her her, her team winning. Um, To give credit to Tennessee, they've been a a laughing stock, really, for the past about seven, eight years. And when they got down, I believe they were down 17-7. to I thought, okay, just another game where Tennessee's going to be hyped for the year. But they actually come back to win the game. And another theme we'll see throughout college football, as we talked about with, with Bama, Chris, is it's really hard to win on the road. So just to give, I guess, my friend props here, Tennessee was down 10 at Pitt, who had a good start to the year, and they came back to win an OT. And um, speaking of coaches, who's been kind of a theme this week, uh, Scott Frost is now looking for employment. And there's, you know, one of, one of the names they're mentioning is a good old P.J. Fleck, or on the boat while he rode down to Lincoln. But Scott Frost lost at Nebraska as, I believe, as a, it was either a 24 or a 26-point um, underdog. And got to wonder if that onside kick um, against Northwestern really was the what turned out to be the dagger of their season. Georgia Southern wins 45 to 42, and Nebraska's looking for a new coach. That dude had a great run at UCF, almost got into a Final Four, and he went to Nebraska as old school and never got it done. So that I mean, I know that they've been a little bit of a joke lately too, but that's still a very they high. They really wanted him out because August first yeah. is half the money. Like wow, do they do they just think hey we gotta make we we gotta we can still they obviously think they can salvage this season right I mean why else would you wait why would you wait till October first just financially you know I I mean I that that, that Georgia Southern one I, yeah I mean I I I got no good answer other than is they were a twenty four point home favorite and you knew going into the year they were already looking on a he was sitting on a pretty hot seat and uh, my last note. Uh, I think Utah was a little bit pissed. Utah won like seventy-seven to seven. Yeah. So you think those boys, Chris, wanted to get? They're like those sons of bitches. Kentucky beat Florida. Damn, if we'd had that film, we would have won. But let let's go destroy someone off the map 
and make up for our little mistake there. So Utah got <laughs> a couple of uh, – they, they took a team to the woodshed, and they, they got a little payback for the Gator loss. Yeah, no doubt about it. That uh, Oregon State-Fresno, basically, I think the – actually, that ended before the Baylor-BYU was done, I think. But uh, it looked like they were going to go for it at the end there with no time because there wasn't much time. And and then they said, no, we're going field goal. Op, you know, um, free, Fresno State called a timeout. Then they lined back up saying they're going for it. Ended up getting the, the dub. And like I said, that really saved me. I made that bet at work. <laughs> like, no, hold on. I got to make sure. Ba- I don't I don't trust Baylor all of a sudden. I got to make sure that uh, I can at least back it up. And it, it definitely worked. Um, Louisville got beat pretty cleanly and then came back one on the road in a good game uh, to Central Florida 2014. That was another game that was uh, at least interesting. I still – how many times do you see a, a, a coach get fired in September and call it – this isn't uh, hockey. You're right. Rare. In NHL and NBA. True. Right? This isn't that. How many times do you see a September firing in college football? And especially October 1st, what is the buyout, 15 and goes down to 7? I mean, I, I think to eight. Yeah, you're right. It, it basically half. Sure. I just don't get it unless they really think, hey, in, in the in the the coach who's taking over it actually does have a lot of good vibes. Uh, you know, I hear a lot of good stuff about him. But wow, like it just that is so 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 rare. Um, but it will be interesting to see, uh, you know, who goes there and pj fleck is is on there you know is on that i don't know i'm not sure i think they're gonna i don't think they're gonna go mid-major success um like they did with him you know um i think they're gonna go for a big name that's what i think they're gonna go i don't know how big you know i'm not saying the big they're gonna get saved bro i'm not saying like you know, oh boy, he's going to leave Clemson to go there. You know, I'm not saying that. And maybe I'm just sure. not wanting, you know, PJ Fleck to go there, but I don't, I don't, I haven't heard a ton about, <laughs> I haven't heard a ton that he's the number one candidate. Oh, no, I, I just saw a reporter tweet out a list of 12 names of potential and he, prospects. And he mentioned one name. Yeah. And, well, and, and hell, he mentioned, your co-host. he mentioned, um, he mentioned Sam Pittman. If you're Sam Pittman, who's literally been raising up Arkansas for three years in a row, why the hell would you leave Arkansas to go to Nebraska? You know, I mean, who? It, it was just, it was just a tweet. You know, it, not a whole lot yeah. to it. But if that you are Nebraska, forty-one thirty-eight with Army. That was a fun one in overtime too. I think I think it was a plus three. They ended up winning uh, by three, uh, actually minus three. Uh, so there you go. That you know, some people hit that uh, as far as or it didn't lose by eight. So you can say. Anything else before we get to uh, week three? Because, like I said, on paper, you know, we'll see how it goes. Anything uh, else from uh, no, no? Well, uh, other than Lane Kiffin is two and zero. Lane Kiffin two and zero. Let Let's go, hotty toddy, old Miss. Let's go, baby. Let's hey, go. when you look at Bama, when you look at their schedule now, when you look at their on the road schedule, do they face Georgia this year? No, they don't. They do not. But. When you look at the on-the-road schedule for Alabama, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Arkansas lost their best safety, or their one of their, their best – I think their best defensive player. Um, they've 
took in some damage. Their quarterback's still not all the way healthy right now, but he's putting up numbers because he's a stud. But that one-two combination of big dudes, they're the biggest running back-quarterback combo in the whole uh, nation. Um, but they're, they're getting beat up on defense, both in the game, but also injuries, man. So Arkansas, at least they got some time. But when you look at Bama, man, they got an interesting on-the-road schedule that – if they play like they did there, I don't know. Okay, so here's a team that we just brought up not long ago. BYU, number 12 in the nation, visiting an out-of-nowhere ranked Oregon team. 25. I know they were ranked high, and they got their ass kicked. Now they're ranked again. Three and a half. This opened at four last night. It opened at four uh, in favor of Oregon. BYU, Oregon, I know you're not going to touch it because you don't like to mess with BYU too much, but what says you about this game? Because I'm looking at it like, huh, I actually would – I like BYU, but I know they have uh, two wide receivers. One of them probably isn't going to play, and the other might not play next week. So that's my only drawback. But I actually kind of like them with the points. Uh, my one thing would be is that when you do look at rankings as far as early into the year, you do have to kind of wonder a little bit, like, is BYU really the 12th ranked team in the country? Like that to me, I mean, I know you have to give them some credit for the wins they've had, but that ranking seems just like, I don't think that's probably true to them. But if you're going to back Oregon, like they, they got, well, yeah, like, and they beat a ninth ranked team. That's why. Uh, yeah, they just beat I, a ninth ranked team, so they deserve it. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, just like Florida went from like unranked to twelfth, you know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the ranking they're, starts they're to mold just, themselves as the year goes on. You're right. Um, but as we just spoke about a little bit ago, for um momentum in college football. So if you're BYU, you just had a a upset win. Your your people stormed the field, like you took down the goalpost. And now I got to travel to a place whose environment, it, when, when cooking and when winning, is used to be one of the scariest environments to ever try to go and win at in college football. So you almost would, in, just from knowing college football, Chris, on principle alone, look at Oregon. Because BYU, they're the big men on campus this week. You upset Baylor. You're riding high. Now you're going to go to a school who probably wants to get some blood in the water. Now they see a higher-ranked team going to see them. That Georgia loss still probably has them pissed. I think you got to take Oregon just based off um, college football uh, value alone, and I, I'm not yeah. happy with BYU because it cost me. So, Plus the um, right? yeah, Nick's and I mean, go-to guy. In the well, I, I'm, I'm not going to say Bo Nix is a stud, but he's he, he, he's he's um, he's decent. He's I mean, a quarterback he, he, he is. He, yeah. Level. So yeah, so I will take you Oregon. Know he's got a, a dad that know, knew how to coordinate. Uh, I'll take him just off the the BYU. It's hard to win two huge college football games in a row, especially with the second one being on the road. Yeah, especially when you may not have your two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So Miami on the road. Miami's thirteen. It's another example of now nah, they're not gonna, they're not thirteen right now. But they are um, against Texas A&M, who dropped to 24. Five and a, this was six yesterday when it opened. Five and a half point spread. Now A&M's gonna 
there's going to be some wrinkles. Uh, Miami didn't, you know, stub their toe, but in the first half, they were they were looking ahead to this game <laughs> in the first half because they were down seven to three. Ended up, you know, I think it was ten to seven and a half. Then they they pulled away against Southern Miss, but um, I I don't know how great this offensive line is. Um, the quarterback's a stud. He has one receiver that he can rely on for sure. We're starting to see, and I say we because this is my one of my squads here, in Miami. Um, we're starting. To, there's talent there at wide receiver, but it's just not proven talent like it was two years ago. Because um, some guy Rambo actually had like 1,200 yards, and he was with Oklahoma prior, and I think he was in the like five to 600 range prior. So you didn't know he was going to go for over a thousand, but that's still there. The line has returned pretty much everybody off the line, but it's still I don't know. I'm not really sure. Speaking of Ole Miss and your boy Kiffin, they do have Parrish, who used to be an Ole Miss uh, tailback. He's been really good for them. So they got a great running game. But, I mean, talk about being dialed in this week and being motivated for, for the A&M Aggies. How do you see this one playing? Do you take the points with Miami? Do you just stay away from it because we just don't know what? Or do you really think uh, the Hurricanes can get it done? Because I'm, I'm not – Totally, like I love the new coach. Uh, I mean, we got we got Charlie Strong as our co-defensive coordinator and our linebacker coach. So now we pay the most out of anybody in ACC for for coaches, um, and that's something that has never been in Miami's history ever. So I love it, but it is the first year. Uh, they didn't look great last week. I'm just uh, I don't know type uh, biased fan here. Yeah, I just um, Jimbo had a, a press conference today saying we're just gonna like scrap things down, look at everything, and just start over. Well, like you said, you're you're not gonna come out running a, a five a five wide like tempo offense. Like I mean, like you say you can make minor adjustments, but they're not gonna switch with the whole scheme. And if they are, it would probably cost them this week, maybe help them down the road. So, I, I mean, I again. Uh, App State allowed Carolina to score 63 points on offense. Uh, App State held Jimbo to seven points at home. So I can't bet Jimbo. I, I've not seen your Canes play yet this year, my friend. Um, but I would either bet Miami or um, stay away just because that, that A&M offense is struggling. And I'm assuming Miami's defense is, you know, respectable a little bit. You know, they're, they're going to hopefully put up a decent fight. And that pro-style offense ain't going to be dropping 30 on them. You would assume that's not happening anytime soon. So I would take Miami or stay away, and I hope I hope your boys get the job done. Yeah, that'd be a nice win. Just I don't know, man. I just don't know if they'll lose back-to-back home games. I, I could see it as a – It's tough. Game. You're right. Yeah. I could see the, the points, though, with Miami. Number 22, Penn State, a three-point favorite on the road at – Auburn. What says you? We saw them earlier in the year, actually opening weekend on the road in Purdue. They ended up getting it done, even though when Purdue got that pick six, it looked like, oh, I don't know. It was a great game back and forth. What says you about this one, man? Because I don't know. I I, just, I do like Penn State to win this, but this game, this game could go sideways in a hurry for, for the Nittany Lions. Because it's not like I believe in Auburn right at this moment. God, do um can 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 I pick a tie? Can can I pick um 
game would go into four this overtimes. This is in 1982. There are Damn. no ties. Yeah. <sighs> you bastard. Well, I'm going to stick to a couple of rules. Although, I have for my stubborn. That would have helped both of us. In the, well, no, you, that would have helped you to be why you game for the tie. Yeah, if a kicker misses two field, field goals in a row, game finishes as a tie. Deal. All right, awesome. Um, and I don't even want to talk about Penn State because that was absolutely brutal heartbreak from last week, but I will save that for another time. Um, I, I can't bet Penn State. I'm taking Auburn. Uh, go SEC. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Although I will, I, the, the, only, the only note to make of real football note is that, um, Penn State has the, who was last year the number one ranked, uh, running back in college football. That kid's special. I'm, I'm never going to cheer for the team, but they do have a uh, – it was either a year ago, Chris, years ago, in his high school class, he was the number one prospect running back in the country. If he gets open, dude, that that dude – I think he's had a couple of long runs both games. That kid is a, a freak. So if, if they – I like the, Penn State to win. I am eyeballing right. that spread, though. You know, sure. I know it's three points right now, but it, it's like, can you go down a little more just in case? <laughs> you know, like that. I don't want to push. No, I don't want to do that. So I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm going Penn State though as far as picking. Um, two questions for you. Yes. I like Michigan State at the four. I'll fully admit I took a minus or plus four, right? Because Washington is favored at home against Michigan State. And to your point, we don't really know where the hell is everybody really ranked. We know sure. Georgia's fucking good, right? And we'll yeah. Get them the number one ranking, but you know it, it's early. They're not eleventh. Even though they closed the season with Bay, you know, I think it was Bay, or no, no, Pittsburgh. They ended up beating them, all that good stuff. But um, Washington favored last night. It opened at four. Right now, it's a minus three five. I took the plus four for Michigan State, so that's one. And then NC State, who hasn't looked great so far. This is supposed to be one of their best years. Ten Texas Tech, not pull the upset, but sneak under that minus. Ten and a half points on the road, sir. Well, for Sparty, um, geez, Washington was hideous last year. I know, and I can't. Get but that out of my but head. they 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 they, they fired the coach. They brought in an offensive coach. You do got that Michael Penix Jr. from Indiana, who is a talented player. Yep. That's um, the it's a new start they are the again. Favorite. That, that, that Jimmy, like the coach said before, that dude, I mean, the team didn't like him. That was just an awful decision for that year. So you can't really factor them in. And, God, I, uh, I've almost. It's a good game. Yeah, it is. It's a rated week. Yeah. You know, rank versus rank, no, not a bunch of them, but this is a good game. Well, and, and I just, I mean, Sparty's normally never had like an elite offense and then they had you know they had that wide receiver go pro last they they lost a lot of talent last year i i couldn't i can't take michigan state on the road getting points yeah i I got i gotta take uw huskies sparty on the road getting points going to wash yeah i i'm I'm taking the huskies uh prove me wrong sparty uh prove me wrong the wind from the from the bay that's what's gonna mess it all up um yeah we'll we'll go yeah we'll go with that yes sir and uh, so, like you said, for okay, Texas Tech, um, again, it's God, so early I'm, I'm sounding like a broken record, but again, it's you, early in the year too. They 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 stormed the field and they tore down the goalposts and <laughs> they beat Houston. 
like just like BYU. It's a, it's a prime spot for Texas Tech not to cover because you just had a huge, huge win, and Texas Tech is not expected to be some elite team. They, they've pretty much been in the same limbo as they were when uh, the good old boy from uh, Arizona, that coach, well, it got Kingsbury. Him some money though, it got yeah, him money. No, no shit. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't take uh, Texas Tech team who's not supposed to be that good this year at all. They're, they're average. They're supposed to be it better can't... than they were last year. And yeah, NC but State, are they? NC State's finally gonna be like, hey, actually, we're gonna I... have a good year. Watch this. God, well, God, yeah. I mean, Texas Tech's come off a huge win. They're traveling. I think this is a prime spot for NC State to to look decent, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So here it is. Kind of hung over Texas. Kind of. Okay. Kind of had a hung over. Mm-hmm. UTSA. They're on defense sucks, but they're gonna put points up. Is Texas going to win by 11 points for sure? Like 100%. We know that for sure. Because if they're back, they got to do that. Well, the the back quarterback is definitely going to be starting because the other I do yeah, I believe. Was uh, you, he was a little yeah, gimpy, too. Yeah. You, Ewers has like a, a bruised clavicle or something. Like that. His shoulder's jacked up, so he's out. Um, and Card, I don't think, is quite as good as yours. You would have the spot. Um, Harris is good, that quarterback, though. Yeah, and well, honestly, that Bijan Robinson for Texas is good, but eleven points, dude. I, I could, you, I think it's you would have to do UTSA or pass because Texas had them. Over, they, you know, maybe sixty one and a half, maybe the over. They they had to. Have, that's got to be such a moral letdown to be within a point of being Bama. Like the the mental psyche they have for what would have been the biggest win they've had in over a decade. They, right. I could easily see them coming out flat and maybe winning. But having it be like a one-score or field goal walk-off game, that it's, again, momentum and mental minds of these college kids. Like, you almost beat Bama. You get them all you could. What is your motivation to play UTSA? And UTSA is like, dude, we're the we're the small little peon school that's been making our name in Texas. Let's go into Austin and whoop them up. You know, I think there's a lot of good value on UTSA in that situation, Chris. Yeah, I do, too. I, I like the over potentially, too, at 61. Wow. I like Flor. I bet this already uh, a slight favorite Florida State on the road at Louisville. I think they're going to get it done. They already proved that they can go into not an exact on the road, but you know there was more LSU fans there than Florida State, but they did show off pretty well, I have to admit. Um, but I like that game. Um, and USC. So USC uh, is playing Fresno State, who actually just went toe to toe. With Oregon State, twelve points. You feeling comfortable? They can, uh, they can cover. Hey, it's a new coach. Uh, we had three pick sixes week one. We beat Stanford, which literally never happened with Clay Helton. So I, I'm riding high so far, Lincoln Riley. But again, I still believe our defense is not that good. Just because even though Lincoln Riley might be an offensive whisperer, that defense still needs help. Maybe we're maybe the team morale might be better. But it wouldn't surprise me for USC to lose a, a game or two in the next month just because he, he's got the name, Chris, but the, for our first game was a joke. Stanford isn't as good as they used to be. So I'm just going to be cautiously optimistic. I hope they win. Uh, but let's just keep working the process piece by piece with the new coach. Hold on. And, Which co- So is he at App State that – the, the former USC coach, he went to a place they pulled a big. No, that's not App State, was it? Was it? No, was he it? went to. Um, Where'd he go? God, he uh, upset too. I'm yeah, hold, 
You you Google, I'll give you a great stat about your team as far as defense. Okay. Like you said it's always been defense with the USC Trojans of late with the coach that my co-host did not like. Said it over and over again. Oh, he he beat he beat Scott Frost. He's he got Scott Frost fired. He got him. Scott Frost fired. <laughs> what were they? Twenty? What? How many points? A lot. I mean, we got a September firing. This guy is a good coach. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> ten tackle. So ten missed tackles. Now let it play out. Okay, let this play out. Let this stat play out. USC has missed ten tackles through. The first two games, according to Pro Football Focus, which kind of sounds weird, but they do college stuff. Um, uh, it has played 149 defensive stats, so one missed tackle every 14.9, so basically every 15 plays. Last season, they average a missed tackle every 5.6 uh, defensive stats. So there is improvement. I'm here to report some improvement. <laughs> Because that's, it's, they, it's coming along, boys. It's coming along. <laughs> if they could keep that up, that actually would be a pretty big deal. Sure. Um, any other games uh, that you want to discuss before we get into the crafty, crappy pick of the week, which didn't go crafty or crappy, or it went crappy, not crafty, uh, for us last week? Um, the other only, well, speaking of, the, we, we, we bounced around the scene. Would you? Okay, and this is the ultimate. Who knows what the f you're thinking? Uh, can Nebraska rally the troops and yeah. step up and give Oklahoma a challenge at home? I mean, new coach Frost is gone. They really it, thought they'd be walking in three zip. We got ourselves for sure rating, baby. This mm-hmm. is a good rating. It's the tornado alley type football, right down there in, in the real Midwest. Kind of southern plains. I mean, wow. I mean, I you know, the, 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 again, if, if take on under, well, man, that yeah, that one, that well, that'd be a very what interesting game. Within? Wonder if this guy finishes off the season strong and they hire within. I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about this coach. I don't know, man. That is a good point, though. I could, you know, the rally, rally behind mm-hmm. the team. They're at home. Um, well, Oklahoma's you see, not you see it. Anymore. In in so many professional sports, I know we're pro sports, but when a coach gets fired, a team will go win like nine out of ten games. And whether it's basketball, baseball, hockey, it happens all the time. So for one day of college football, would it surprise you for Nebraska to like just put up together a huge victory? Because shit, every game they've played in Chris for the past year and a half has been like a one score game. So the skills there, would it shock you if they beat? You know, I mean, Scott Frost, he had to be shitting me, (laughs) but it it wouldn't. it would surprise me pretty heavy, but the spread, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, yeah, sure. Then Mississippi State, LSU, Mississippi State on the road. Ooh, that'd be a fun one. They, they're a two-point favorite on the road. So Speaking of coaches, Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly, that dude needs a damn win. Like, I, I know it's very early, but you know how crazy Cajun fans are. And that yeah, Florida State true. game was a tough one. Yep. Um, and, and just his antics in the post game about, you know, telling media people to be on time and his $10 swear jar. The, the, the dude is. Yeah, but he, no, the whole, he, whole, no, whole, no, but I'm just, no, he's joking, on. but he's but just. Did you he's, hear what the media said to him, though? Oh, I did. Oh, I know. Well, y- y'all should win more. Yeah. Yeah. Be on time. Do your fucking job. Don't talk about winning well, games. No, I, I know, but it's crazy. just his personality. 
Yeah. He's just so uptight. Like, and you're allowed to be an uptight coach. You are. Nick Saban oh, a lot of, is yeah, you say a lot not. Of are uptight, dude. But, but the me, you know, it's like, and again, it's a long ways to go. The dude has a record of winning. But if you start out one and two and you lose an SEC game, I mean, it, it, there's just going to be a lot more shit going on. So it, even though it, big picture, LSU didn't win a title this year, if you're Brian Kelly – this would be a good one to get because surprisingly, Mike Leach is walking in there, and Mike Leach is actually favored. So you know that LSU secondary best be ready because he's going to throw the ball about fifty times this game, and they, they best be ready to stop you, it. They tell us so. Cornerbacks, man. True, yeah. DBU best best be ready to go, my friend. No doubt about it. And then um, Syracuse Purdue Purdue visiting Syracuse. That's just a good game. One point spread. Could go either way. A lot of points. Uh, I what is actually the over? Fifty-eight point five. Hmm. Interesting. Could they both be in the thirties? I think they can. I don't know. That's. I got my eye on that. All right. Anything else? Let's get to this craft. Yes. Oh we no. At the minute. We got five minutes to do this. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Nevada is a 23-point dog. I was a 23-point favorite. Good Lord. I can't put 23 points up. How are you going to win by 23? Nevada is a pure trash team, but you cannot bet Iowa minus 23 to the straight face. Holy shit. that's new with Nevada, too, because they were a solid program for so long. (laughs) That is absolutely – when you switch a coach right now, if you're not switching a huge coach, the shit gets ugly quick, dude. It gets ugly. And even even LSU, they lost a bunch of dudes. Yeah, Jesus. Dude, that's, that's good, good Lord. All right, let's get to um, it. We got, we got to okay, strong. all right. So, for this next week, I'm picking this team because one and one. They, they've always been one of the worst teams in college football for the last uh, freaking decade. Chris – for the first time on their show, they're making their appearance. The UNLV running Rebels, who normally win two or three games a year, are actually a home favorite. The UNLV team, uh, it's 2 p.m. at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. The running Rebels, who who are making their – make fun of a stadium, though. That kind of sucks. Oh, no, yeah, I I, I ain't ripping Las Vegas. That's a great city. But I'm putting them on here because they've never been worth a shit. And now they're actually one and one on the year. They're a three point favorite. And I know UNT is okay, but UNLV, dude, you're you're finally let's see if let's see if you can man up and be a team. So it's the Rebels against the UNT uh um Mean Green. Uh what is your gut say on this matchup of uh, of teams that yeah, just, I can't believe UNLV's favorite. This makes the crafty crappy game of the week for me. Let my co host talk about it. Yeah, I really think that we're now going to catch up to real crappy, crappy pick of the shit weeks. You know, like it's really bad teams now. So we're finally into that. Or, you know, not really bad teams. Sure. Because technically, you know, two and one. But who who were their wins? Let's see. Uh, oh, they almost lost to Cal. Not like Cal's great, but that's kind of interesting. Wait, it says two and one, but the, am I reading that? Oh, no, I, 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 I see that. North Texas, the mean green. Who are they two and one against? They beat UTEP thirty-one to thirteen. SMU beat them forty-eight ten, and then they beat Texas Southern, who I don't believe is a D one football team, fifty-nine to twenty-seven. They're probably like an FCS. Rexer, great stadium, great town. Tickets as low as fifteen bucks. You can get Ooh. in there. Who see them? See them reps. 
Uh, both put up a decent amount, 33 points. Um, the mean, mean green machines, <laughs> uh, they give up about 30 compared to 20. So that that's a booster right there. Um, what I do know about this, you know, the 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 North Texas mean green is they're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball. They've already ran it per game 237. Um, and they can air it out, but you know, like I said, who are they doing it against? I like that UNLV one has played a power five, and they still have rushing yards allowed at seventy-one per game. That's pretty good. The home team got beat up pretty good by South Alabama, Central Michigan last year or last week. It felt like last year. I, I'm going to put it in my back. I'm a cornerback. That is last year to me. So 63%, according to ESPN, I'm going with it. UNLV is going to make Vegas look real good. They almost got the job done on the road. You know that place can be packed with at least 8,000 people in it. So <laughs> I, got the, I got the UNLV Rebels, not the running Rebels, just the Rebels, to get the dub. For the crafty, crappy, the pick of the week, which, you know, we need a dub now that we're one and one. Mm-hmm. We, need mm-hmm. a dub. we need a dub. And UNLV has never made the alumni battles. We're going to talk about them quickly. Um, Guy Fieri, obviously the cook, Jimmy Kimmel with the talk show, Stacey Ogden, Greg Anthony, Larry Johnson. I was going to say, uh, you got to go to the know, basketball he, team first. Reggie Theus, Flo Rider, Matt Williams. I mean, they, they have a very. Flo Rider? Uh, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Forget it. Okay. Like, um, so, uh, you know, the, and I'm normally, I, I would normally say, you know, it's, it's Vegas, but did you the, mention what, Suge Knight? Uh, no, but you just did well, my he friend didn't graduate. He played football. Oh. But the, the kickers, the fact you just said the North Texas mean green, I did not know this, but Joe green, the famous, uh, NFL player, the Steeler actually went to North Texas. So the Mean Green and Joe Green, like, for an alumni battle, that gives them the point. Like, your school yeah, nickname I, is almost named after a player who was, like, I, like a really good Hall of Fame NFL player. So I'm going to tip the cap to um, North Texas for the alumni battle, but we're, we're caring about the UNLV running Rebels to get a dub at home in a beautiful city in which I'll be attending in three and a half weeks. So... <sighs> On that note, um, it was a very fun recap show. I, I, again, if that was the best week of the year for college football, uh, my co-host and I can't complain. We got, we got spoiled. But I hope we have some more upsets. I hope some more ranked teams lose to unranked teams because that makes Monday even more enjoyable. On that note, the boys are out tonight. Have a good one. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.